Hi. Hello. Welcome to the very first Super Science Adventure cast. I am your host, Danny Portian. I'm here with my beautiful, wonderful wife and co-host, Ali Culotta. Hey, folks. What's up? The flow of the show is pretty simple. A movie review and discussion show that looks at science fiction, fantasy adventure, and superhero comic book movies from any time. Movies are rated in six categories for a total of 36 points sprinkled with trivia, highlights, and a little shade because I'm from South Florida. Uh, there are a few rules. One, it always has to be a science fiction, fantasy adventure, superhero, uh, comic book movie, or something that blends that. There has to be the, one of those elements in it. Uh, for right now, we're only doing movies, no TV yet, but I'm open to being convinced. TV shows, you kind of have to wait for a whole season or maybe the whole show to come mm -hmm. out before you can rate it. But anyway, we'll talk about that stuff more. Uh, the final uh, criterion that we prefer to include is that the movie be at least two months old because we will discuss uh, plot points, we will discuss spoilers, and too bad. You get two months to watch the movie. If not, it's ruined for you. <laughs> Most of our episodes will contain spoilers, so yeah. listen at your own peril. So let's move on to the categories real quick. Um, the categories uh, that we judge these movies on, I, I hate the word judge. Judge is like a rough word. What are we looking for here? I, I think that we should talk first about like the idea of the show is these six categories are things that you and I discuss about movies constantly. So, yeah, that we judge the movie based on these six points. So I, our I don't discussion know. points yes, okay. are kind of what we, what we look for when we're, when we're watching a lot of movies. And I will get into these categories more detailed when we actually go into the categories themselves, but let's go over the top right now. We judge... See? There I go again. Judgment. Judgment, folks. We have to change the paradigm in our society. Discussion point number one is story. Number two, script. Then direction, performances, production, and finally, effects. Mm -hmm. After that, we talk about best and worst categories. Things that we liked that the movie did well and things that we like the, there, that we feel like the movie could have done a better job with. They're pretty specific, and we'll get there when we get down to that part of the show. Then we'll talk about some additional comments. Throughout all of this, I'm going to be trying to throw in pertinent trivia, because if anybody has ever had any conversation with me, they know that I have seriously derailed it with my useless information <laughs> about all things. And we'll try to you know, keep you all interested as we go along with that. Uh, and then the final thing is we'll talk about the total movie score. And the total movie score is based on an average taken from each of our lists. So myself, Ali, and whoever our future guests will be will all be averaged into a mean score. And that's what the movie gets. So here we go. Our very first movie, without further ado, is the 2001 seminal hit, Evolution. This summer, they're coming. Awesome! Wipe that silly smile off your planet. Big ones. Any ideas? Little ones. Snag one. Snag one? Yeah, snag one and put them in the bucket. I seen this movie. The black dude dies first. You snag it. Nasty ones. <gasps> Get this thing out of here! Okay, Harry. We might have to amputate. Whoa, duck! Don't take the leg! Setting for his crotch. Take it! Take the leg! Is there some sort of alien attack happening here? And this kind of thing the government usually gets involved no, in, so no, shouldn't we no. tell them? Absolutely not. I know those people. David Duchovny, Orlando Jones, Sean William Scott, and Julianne Moore. It was so hot. 
from Ivan Reitman, the director of Ghostbusters Evolution. What the unholy crimson hell is that? That's like a big loogie. Okay, so Evolution was released on June 8th, 2001. It was rated PG. It uh, comes in at an hour and 42 PG-13. minutes. PG-13. PG-13. Uh, an hour and 42-minute runtime. Pretty decent uh, for the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It made $98.3 million on an $80 million budget. Uh, we'll talk more about this because mm-hmm. that's not a great number. <laughs> the uh, story was written by Dan Jacoby, with the screenplay being written by David Diamond, David Wiseman, and directed by Ivan Reitman, who, you know, stands on his own, uh, all caps, underline, exclamation point. Um, but maybe not. Produced by <laughs> Daniel Goldberg and Joe Medjuk and Ivan Reitman himself. The stars at the top are David Duchovny, Orlando Jones, Sean William Scott, and the wonderful Julianne Moore. Um, so, Ali, you have uh, uh, something for us, right? Yeah. So, on IMDb, there's a little um, forward about, like, you know, what the movie's about, and I thought I would read this. This is written by JJ on IMDb. A firefighting cadet, two college professors, and a geeky but sexy government scientist work against an alien organism that has been rapidly evolving since its arrival on Earth inside a meteor. Ooh. The sci-fi abounds. (laughs) Very, very, very cool. So, um, yeah, I talked a a few details about the the production about this movie. So we'll start with, like, one of the very first bits of trivia um, that is related to the release of this movie. So DreamWorks Pictures was the original uh, distributor, and they were making it uh, with their own money, and they still maintained the domestic distribution rights, but sold the international distribution rights in a package with two other movies to Sony due to budget concerns. So this film and another two films, one of them was a rather large film and the other one was like a film that no, went nowhere. I've never even heard the title before. Um, were sold as a package deal to Sony because DreamWorks was worried about recouping what they were spending on these movies. $80 million is a really high budget for a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not for a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. And this is like, we're going to talk about this throughout the whole thing, but I feel like the production of this movie, now that I'm an adult and I can see through it this way, was plagued with all kinds of problems mm. because it's an on-the-surface comedy being made by like Hollywood sci-fi mm-hmm. heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. And... For that reason, I feel like they kind of made some serious missteps. Yeah, we'll, um, get, in, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll definitely that. get into that. But <laughs> basically, like, f- right up front, the budget was like a big old oopsie for them. Okay. And they didn't really make any mon- uh, of the money back. What was I, the other movies that it was packaged with? I will tell you right now. Okay. So I have this open here on my thing. Um, so the, the three movies were Almost Famous, oh God, that Evolution, was huge. Yeah. and then An Everlasting Peace. So apparently Almost Famous was severely over budget, and Evolution was within its budget, but it was still a very, very high budget. Okay. And um, basically, DreamWorks said, hey, we'll keep our domestic box office, and you just cut us a check, and you can release these movies internationally and keep whatever you make. I don't think um, Sony made their money on <laughs> on uh, Evolution, but Almost Famous was a mm. humongous mega Oh, hit. my God. Um, Wait, was this all the same year? Was this all 2001? I believe that Almost Famous was either late 2000 or early 2001, okay. but it had just it had been released like right before it. Um, wow, interesting. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's all that stuff that happens in the background of movies that you have no idea about when, when you're younger. I was gonna ask you, do you remember when this movie came out? Very much. I love this movie. That's okay. why I wanted to pick it as my first uh, choice. And now, uh, once again, with <coughs> with <laughs> um, twenty years of, of hindsight, there are some things, you know, there are some things. But I really still I legitimately wait. like my score will show. At the end of this, that I still kind of stand by this movie. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Should we get into the? Uh, Let's get into categories? the categories. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so the very first category is the story, the plot, or the concept. Separating the story and central theme from the script or the screenplay. Was it a good tale? Does it make sense? Does it keep you interested? Is it original or updated enough? Can it stand on its own as like an elevator pitch away from the script? Um, so, Ali, why don't you start? Tell me, tell me, tell me what you okay. think about. So, this is what I thought about it. I gave it a. a do you want me a, my number first, or do I just explain what I thought first? That's uh, ladies' like choice. Okay. So, at a six, I gave it a four. I gave it a four, and I'll tell you why. Um, I was reading, you know, just to kind of jog my memory. I was reading it on Wikipedia, the synopsis, and it has such a different tone in Wikipedia. It's very serious. And as I was reading it, I was like, damn, this could be a sci-fi thriller. Like, take away the comedic elements and just take, you know, a meteor hits Earth and it causes this, you know, organism to evolve and these, you know, college professors discover it, but then they get into a, you know, battle with the government, right? Because all of their shit gets stolen from the government and they yeah. have to go to court and then later on they try to sneak in. And then I was like, oh my God, I thought of another movie that kind of starts that way. Do you know which one starts kind of like that? Something falls to earth. The uh, physicists, Thor. Oh. Right? And then I was like, see what I mean? So like with a different undertone or direction or whatever script, it's actually like a really good classic sci-fi um, concept of meter hits Earth, you know, alien. I mean, obviously, that's Thor, and that's, like, the gods and stuff like that. But the whole thing of, like, the battle, them trying to get their findings back. I think I read somewhere, too, that, like, this was actually, a, was it a book or was meant to be a book or something? And then they changed it and then it became a, com a comedy, did so, you? Yeah, I researched okay. this a little bit. And I love, I love your score and I love your point. I actually agree with this very much. It's part of what I loved about it so much when I was, uh, you know, a kid. Because it was like right at the beginning of my, like, you know... Um, separation from, like, society and what I was supposed to do. And, like, not trusting the government and everything. And it was like... Uh, yeah, the government comes in and fucks you up always, you know. And I like, I, I had a very easy way to come into it, and it was like also comedic, which I love. And <laughs> but this was a sci-fi drama. Yeah, it was written by Dan Jacoby. Don Jacoby. Don Jacoby. I think I said his name wrong. It was written by Don Jacoby as a thriller. Right. It is a sci-fi thriller, and it does have all those elements. Right. You know, serious scientists find a discovery in their own backyard. It could be life-changing, and the government comes and takes it uh, away from findings, them. Takes away. And does the wrong thing. Yeah. Tries to blow it right. all up, <laughs> yeah. you know? That's what always. I mean. And I, then I was even like, this could be an X-File. Because I was, you know, David Duchovny. You know, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I We will like, definitely get into that. You could totally see Mulder and Scully, like, you know, maybe they're the maybe they're not the college professors or something. Maybe they're on the other side of it. They're the FBI. Well, they'd who are be they'd be the Julianne Moore character, right? And they'd be the ones who would be like, "Oh, hey, this doesn't smell right." Yeah, 
um, we should do something different about this. Exactly. Um, so, so I actually gave this a six for that reason. Ooh. Full on, I am deeply committed to this story. I think that the story works so well. It's even Crichton-esque, mm -hmm. which is what I've told people for the last 20 years. I was, I was reading a lot of Michael Crichton when I was a teenager. And it's always been this, like, you know, edge of science blending into science fiction that, like, none of this seems, like, far-fetched. Right. All of these scientific things could be, like, yeah, I see how that could come to be. Why wouldn't these, um, there's, this is actually, it is, um, it is built on a scientific a theory principle that spontaneous life creation on a, on a desolate, lifeless planet is very improbable. It's much more reasonable to believe that it would be carried by a meteor. I can't remember what the actual, what the scientific term is. I'm sorry, folks, I'll owe it to you. Somebody can, uh, write it in the comics, comments at some point. But this is built on an actually widely accepted uh, theory in, in, in evolution. Yeah, to me it also seems very plausible um, and hidden by the government. <laughs> yeah. So this next one is kind of like a funny uh, thing that I'm throwing in here because it's just something that has to be in the movies and it either can go well or it can go badly. We're calling it a sci-fi moment. Um, it's uh, the best and worst use of an on-screen invention, technology, scientific discovery, a <laughs> deus ex machina, you know, a MacGuffin or a magic, fate, destiny, folklore, cure, potion, elixir, etc. That like makes the whole movie work. Uh, and all sci-fi movies have to have them. Like you know, you flip a switch and all of a sudden you can breathe in space, um, or like you know. Oh, just turn on the artificial gravity. Boop, everybody can walk around, you know. Um, or like, you know, even if you want to think about Achilles. It's kind of like your, your spark. It's like your fire igniter. It's like the thing that's starting the whole... Well, no, not really. It's like the thing that solves the problems oh, okay. on, on screen. So then the head and shoulders? Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Because of all those terrible highlights. Right. <laughs> so to me, exactly. The fire truck pumping uh, <laughs> tons and tons and tons of head and shoulders at these uh, people is just like, that's so good and so awesome. And that's exactly what you want at the end of this movie is just like a fire hose of like, where did they even find this much head and shoulders? Yeah. How many grocery stores did they go to in, in oh. only a few hours? Like, yeah, you know, because even though they show the scene is like he's pouring like an eight ounce bottle of True. Of, of shampoo into this <laughs> fucking fire truck. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it's good. I think it works. I think okay. it ties the movie well uh, and all of this stuff. Um, my worst one is uh, how they come to find out that the napalm will just accelerate the growth of the creature. Uh, all of a sudden, for the very first time in the entire movie, Harry Block lights a cigarette and starts smoking. And they try to, like, explain it away with dialogue of, like, Ira's like, oh, you're smoking now? And he's like, well, not much point to clean living now. You know, I'm yeah. just like... And then he's like... Ugh. And he flicks the, the match. And the match just happens to, like, bink right into the Petri dish and the things blow up and all this shit. I'm just like, all right, bro. And let's talk about, like, he's a biologist and he's testing, like, why is this organism, like, you know asexually like splitting right. and the whole you know mitosis right thank you so like isn't like the cold and heat 
and all of these elements, wouldn't you test those? Like maybe. if you're a biologist, uh, maybe because he's a college biologist <laughs> or a community college biologist. But then also um, he was a colonel. Like he worked. A military scientist. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like. I feel like Ira would have known to have tested that. And that so I agree with you. That is kind of like a bad. Um, that was kind of bad. It happens. So maybe I under, misunderstood this then because I wrote like that. My favorite on-screen invention was the cane madness. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> About like why he's no longer a military scientist and why they don't trust him. I don't think that that's necessarily okay. a bad thing. That pushes the plot forward. Of him um, giving anthrax to an entire uh, military. Right. Uh, I, I forget what it is specifically, <laughs> but he tries to test like a vaccine or something on them, and it ends up giving everybody uh, horrible medical side effects. Yeah. Um, which like sets up, you know, the sadness within this character right. or his like his um, need to come back into the good graces. Yeah, and um, that is like um, I thought that was a funny. Uh, Way. That's a great answer. So, what's your worst one? Um, my worst one is the JPEG, <laughs> and also um, an unguarded gun shop in a mall. That <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't doubt having a gun shop in a mall because of where we're from. Um, I I just like that's just really bad example of our society is like Truly. that it's not guarded and that they were able to just take these guns off the wall. So yeah. The next category is writing or script. Good or bad, the idea was explored. Someone sat down creating characters, plots, scenes, and a world to house it all. How did that go? Are the characters dimensional or flat? Is the dialogue natural or all exposition? You know, like, do people really talk like that? Are the writers telling us or are they showing us? Does it all work or are there, like, holes in the plot? Does it rely on everyone saying or doing the wrong thing or being, like, too dumb to go outside and call the police? Or, like, why do they always run upstairs <laughs> in horror movies, you know? So here we go. Ali Colada, take it away. What, was your, what, what did you do for writing? What are your thoughts on script? I gave it a one. Yeesh. <laughs> I know. It's a trash script. Um, I think the characters are really flat. And they had, like, a lot of exposition and stuff. It, it, like, they did try to tell us instead of just show us. You know, I just have, like, a couple of examples and stuff that I really hated. Like, I hated the introduction of Harry's character, you know, with the college student. It was, like, uh, obviously, all the misogyny in the script, you know, give me a little dog whistle every time I heard it. But, you know, you always have to think about it, okay, in the time. But even in the time, it's pretty bad. It's a bad script. And I even have, like, some other examples, uh, like, like just quotes from the movie. But then I realized that we're going to talk about those at the end. So I'm going to save some of my favorite quotes and some of my least favorite quotes. What did De you give it? Delicious. <laughs> okay, so I gave it a four. Oh, you're so generous. I am, because I <laughs> truly love this movie. Okay. Like I said, even after watching it now with 2020 vision, oh, I finally get to say that mm -hmm. for real. Watching it now with 2020 vision, there are definitely some of those things that stick out to me. So, uh, so it gets minus one for the sexism. Okay. It's like it's pretty rough, and it's unfortunately like beset upon this movie. It's 2001. Like 2001, American Pie. I think one and two had already come out, or maybe mm. just one. We were really targeting the family guy, teenage guy to like up to 35 year old guy audience. And we, and like, I mean, like I said, this is 
this is a legacy issue that was already 20 years in, uh, uh, you know, after the, the late 70s, early 80s, sci-fi leading into action, leading into, you know, nudity in every movie and all of this shit. And it was just basically like straight up going after guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, the bad tropes and jokes of 2001. That's yeah, what this like was. You chalk it up to that being a part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, and that's like the comedy elements the whole thing like why do you even need a love story and yeah. then like why are you gonna ruin the love story with your shitty script and like uh, so then the, the next minus one is like it's dumbed down as a comedy I would have actually loved to read the script of this as a thriller it may yeah. have worked a little bit better but like you said like the big swaths of exposition in, <sighs> in the dialogue like you need that in sci-fi but usually when you have like ominous, you know, low strings going on in the background. It all sounds like so much more important, which, like, there are certain comedy things that they did in this movie that, like, ruin itself for itself because you can't have everything, right? right? You have to sell the comedy. You have to sell uh, the thing. So, like, the Julianne Moore character is, like, rough as the sexy scientist. And I keep asking myself, like, is it knowing? And then here's a new piece of of trivia to go along with this. I, I wrote down on here clumsiness, comma, is it on purpose, question mark. So throughout the whole movie, Julianne Moore is like a very competent scientist, but she like drops her papers or she bumps into walls or she like, you know, gets her shoe caught on this or that. And I can't remember what the other examples are, but she's super clumsy throughout the whole movie, which kind of like, it's a trope onto itself. She drops her head in Sean uh, William Scott's lap in one point and it was very like. So (laughs) that was her idea. To be clumsy. Yeah. It was her <laughs> note. She wanted to bring that to okay. the character. All right. Well, then let's talk about this. Like, I felt like out of all of the characters, hers was like the the most flat. Like, they just really didn't give her any development. So maybe that's why she added that was to like, okay, I need, I something, need something here. Because the lines to. that she had, um, the whole... She's a device. Don't think you know so much about me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into Was that. like, <laughs> what woman says that? Yeah. I would never, I don't know. So, you know, honestly, and she, I love her. Um, at the time, she already had won an Academy Award, right? I think she was a nominee at this okay. point because of, um, because of uh, Hannibal. Yeah. But I don't think she won for it. Which I, I kind of think is like they gave they like handed her that just because it's like you're connected to Silence of the Lambs. But I, I like Hannibal isn't bad, but it's not silence. Okay. Um to me what brought I think what brought this category down, um, and it, and later on too, is kind of just like the big speech um that Harry gives at the end of the like with the <laughs> background creatures where he's like explaining, you know, what what's going on. Um, it just seemed like, yeah, them just trying to tell us, I don't know. I, I feel like in a thriller situation, maybe it'd be a new, more nuanced. Well, yeah, like I said, they trade off stuff for comedies. Like yeah. in, that, in that specific scene, yeah, Harry has this like lucid moment of like remembering all of his science training. And it's like, well, there's a, you know, this cave uh, system goes on for miles. They've probably been using it about a lot. And it's like even referenced on, on, on camera because um, Ira Kane, uh, Duchovny's character is like, wow, Harry, that was a lucid uh, <laughs> and, and like rational yeah. scientific argument that you just made. Because even he was sh- surprised yeah. that, like, look at how competent you sound all of a sudden. Yeah, it's making fun of itself um, a little bit. So I got to, I got, uh, I, I agree with you completely. I feel like one of the things that they traded, this is why I say the whole thing about they dumb it down as a comedy, is that um, all of the characters now become archetypes and you're just like, 
you're trying to very quickly establish mm. the the like cliche that each character is. Right. You know, Ira Kane is the serious straight man. Uh, straight man. You know, uh, guy who's like a little bit too smart for everybody in the room, but has like a troubled past because he went too far. Um, and Orlando oh, Jones. Oh, the Kane Madness. Yeah, the that, Kane yeah, Madness. Yeah, that actually that was, was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You you want him to be a disgraced scientist. <laughs> yeah. um, Orlando Jones is like so like they're throwing every stereotype at this guy. I like, know. He barely has his degree. Why is he teaching at this community college? It's also that he can be the volleyball coach. And I, it's I was going like, to say ugh. that too. Yeah. Like it, I feel, I feel bad for him. Uh, we'll talk about performances later. Um, and <laughs> yeah. So that being said, okay, I am going to give you why I actually give this a, a four. four. Okay. This is a well-put-together script, and this is the hardest part about this movie to me, is that technically speaking, this is a very well-made movie. Um, they have great set design. They have well, great continuity. I know, I'm, like, I'm trying to go through all the things, but the, one of the number one things that like, the whole script fits together. Mm. There's a, a guy trying to train to be a firefighter who sees the, 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 um, the meteor strike, we leave him for a second. We go over to these professors who has a reason to go over to this thing. And then Sean William Scott's character is like not shoehorned because then we meet up with him at the, you know, he's got a shitty job pool, at the right. at the pool, you know, at the at the country club. His boss gets eaten. You know, they he's got a um, he's got the he sees the, the like alligator thing that ate the boss. He brings it to the to the professors you know they set up the whole thing with the students early on where ira's students are dumb but they're like you know in the class and that's Supley, ethan Supley, and this yeah. other dude and then they come up with the with the head and shoulders thing and then like they introduce the cave system with the lady's house and then they, it all comes back to the students being like oh yeah selenium sulfide uh, yeah, which was like, well, why doesn't David Duchovny's character know that? Well, that's, Isn't he Well, the he doesn't know about biologist? head and shoulders, but okay. he, he does come up with the he connection do, okay. on the periodic table on the back of Julianne Moore's T-shirt, yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I forgot. You know. Um, and like, you know, and then back to the firemen. They yeah. use a fire truck to, to pump the selenium sulfide, which like is tight writing. Yeah. That's real good, like throwing all the elements and then they all come back like that is good um script development and yeah. and criteria and all this stuff so there are things that like i said this movie is technically well made by a team of like real sci-fi professionals but like they shoot themselves in the leg with a roger rabbit bullet mm. um this is the best and worst quotable line in the movie i had a hard time with this because there, i'm not gonna lie there aren't a lot of like great quotes in this film i got one uh, there's a lot of bad ones, but not a lot of great ones. A lot of bad Please ones. Please give me your best one. I said just a second, bitch. <laughs> that's, that's the uh, that's the girl uh, trying the to shoplift. Shoplifter. Yeah. The In the mall. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> that one's pretty good. What's yours? Um, my best one, which is like I said, like I'm, I, I'm vacillating on these fart jokes so bad. Um, at the very end, for some reason, it's Harry Block up the ladder holding the the fire hose in the sphincter of this big amoeba thing. And in one of those, like, it starts to fart because the the selenium sulfide is, is starting to take effect underneath it. And it kind of, like... And in one of those, it sucks up Harry. Yeah. 
And Iris like, give me back my friend, you big sphincter. <laughs> and he like grabs onto his legs and is like pulling him down. Um, that's great. <laughs> Gold. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what's your worst? Um, her computer hard drives and all the uh, and all the research and everything. And Harry like kind of like volunteers like, hey, uh, all the girls in those photos are, are over 18. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. Right. That's like that was like my like prickly like I said twenty twenty vision one. But then there's like a a, um, the 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 quote that is like actually just bad dialogue badly delivered is Julianne Moore uh, trying to be like flirtatious with uh, with David Duchovny and she's like, "Don't think you know so much about me." Yeah, that was because you don't. Yeah, it's just like. Wow, dude! Can we really not write better dialogue? Oh, so bad. <clears throat> I have um, or, um, Harry says something like, "You got to get you some," and then he says, "Like, well, all she needs is a good rumpin," <laughs> and that it just has aged uh, very, very badly. It's rough. Very, very badly. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah, that was bad. So I yeah, okay. That. So mm-hmm. that's that's the writing in script. So let's so. move on. Let's move on. So okay. now we go on to our next category. This is like direction, cinematography, and editing. And I want you guys to know that like, I went through a lot of like, trouble trying to figure this out, how to like, keep it short and keep things related to each other while also like, dividing them into like, who's responsible for this. So plainly, is this movie shot well? Is the story and the grandeur of the film put across? Does it feel paced or uneven? Does it have the right action balance? Do the comedic and dramatic bits work? Do they rely on the same shot over and over again? Are the scenes too long? Are they too short? Does the color and tone match, etc.? Like all of those things that, like I said, is that the director, the um, director of photography, and the editor kind of are all responsible for this bit. So Ali, show me, tell me. I gave it a three. I thought um, you are ruthless. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. <laughs> I feel like fifty percent of six. You know, like I feel like it was. I I actually thought that was a good score. Um, I said <laughs> that. <laughs> well, I'm big on editing. You know that. Yeah. Like editing is my. I think in another life form or another a past life, I was a movie editor or something or a book editor or something like that because I'm like constantly like oh. This is too long. Oh, this shot's too long. And in this movie, I didn't feel that. I thought the editing actually was quite good. Um, it did keep me engaged. I I think, like, the bright colors and everything really work. And I'm thinking specifically about, like, the rainforest. Um, when they go into the cave and they already find the ecosystem. I thought that that all, like, l- was very pleasing to the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the movie is very 2000s, but, it's, but I like it. Like, it's something... It, it it didn't maybe it is outdated now, but um, watching it with with twenty twenty eyes, I I actually liked it. I thought that I, I thought technically it was put it was well together. You know, it was put well together. Um, so you give it a C. So I gave it a C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm grading no, too hard. It's all right. <laughs> hey, dude. Um, for those of you who don't know, Ali's also a piano teacher. And I would be terrified to have lessons with her. I was going to say, I used to judge, like, um, you know, music performances and stuff and, like, little, you know, testing, piano exams and testing. And it was much, it was much nicer with my grades. But, you know. So I gave this a five. 
Damn. I know. You're I'm so like, generous. I love this movie. <laughs> I, I honestly think that this movie is made very, very, very well considering the time that it was made. So my negatives about this kind of like upfront are some of the dialogue is really rushed. Um, and I feel like, once again, this is a trade-off that you're making between uh, is this sci-fi or is this a comedy? Okay. And I think they were like going on the side of comedy a whole lot. Okay. Let's talk about Ivan yes, Reitman please. for a second. So Ivan Reitman is a legendary director. He is responsible for um, Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters. Um, he even did the Ghostbusters video that Ray Parker Jr., um, did the music video for that. He did. He directed Legal Eagles. He directed Twins, Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop, um, Junior. Wow, he loves working with the same people. Six Days and Seven Nights. He did Evolution. And then it kind of like drops off uh, already starting around there. It's like My Super Ex-Girlfriend, No Strings attach, uh, Attached, Draft Day. He very famously and openly saw the dramatic version of the script Mm -hmm. and thought it would work as a Ghostbusters-style movie, which now, mm -hmm. as I say that, hopefully everybody's getting the alarm bells written uh, in of, like, you know, low-lying scientists who aren't taken very seriously, the government stepping in uh, and trying to take over control, even down to the big-ass monster at the end has to be fought with some kind of, <laughs> like, hose-shaped thing yeah. shooting something at them. Whereas this is just a, a gigantic enema. Pretty much, which is like, <laughs> um, we'll talk about the critics here in a second, but like that comes up a lot. Um, there's a lot of rectal, uh, there's a lot, um, <laughs> stuff going on in this movie. Um, and like, especially like one of my favorite scenes, uh, that now I can't really stand is when Ira, uh, I'm sorry, when Harry gets the mosquito stuck inside him and they have to like remove yes. it from, from him rectally. I, I couldn't get through that scene as a kid without like pissing myself laughing. And oh now God. I'm just like, <laughs> we're so done with that. <laughs> we're so done with that. Um, yeah. Potty humor. <laughs> but like, I mean, dude, it's like, okay, I actually wrote on here. Farts are always funny. I don't know if this is one of my favorite parts. So I think Sean William Scott says the nasty jum jumbo enema. Right. And I yeah. wrote that down. I don't remember when he says it. In the, I just wrote it. I thought it, it, it cracked me up. I guess towards the, <laughs> uh, the end of the film. But, but like, so like Ivan Reitman, um, I feel like he's making some mistakes in this movie because he's trying to recapture Ghostbusters in a way that he can take to the bank. Mm. Kind of what I blame Disney for with um, the new Star Wars uh, trilogy. But whatever. We'll get into that whole thing when we talk about that. So I think I was going to give that a five, and you said a three. Okay, so scene. Anything that's like the perfect scene that puts it all together for you or you love or like, you know, the longest drawn out thing that just really needs to not be there. So I think it was um, Sean William Scott at the mall. I agree with that. My, <laughs> the whole mall sequence is the best scene in the whole fucking it's movie. so stupid. But I was, we were dying. Like, we were watching it. I, I couldn't stop laughing. I do not know why I thought it was so funny. I think they do it all really well. Like, yeah. it's like, well, I mean, you know, there's also a little bit of this suspension of disbelief. They just walk into a, a sports yeah. store uh, in here. the mall and pick up shotguns. <laughs> there's nobody at that counter. They didn't, like, roll the, the, the gate down or anything like that. And also, like, when have you... When have you ever, ever in your life been to a mall that had a sporting goods store in it? One, 
and then two had guns. And we're both from South Florida. You would think I, we would honestly, have seen I, this. Before you know? I finish the sentence, I did uh, just think the of the example. Westland Mall? No, not Westland, oh. but um, Dolphin Mall has yeah, that Dolphin big Mall. ass uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah, I was going to say, there. but that's, that's like, not that far. That's not that far fetched for me. It's more so of that it's not guarded and there's nobody there. Right. Like that they just grab the guns off of the shelf. Actually, right. but I have that later as like a um, a technical. Right, flaw. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think all of that like really works well. One, you love to see a guy with a gun hunting a monster. Yeah. Um, two, like it really shows like how ignorant Sean William Scott's character is. Uh, uh, what what is he called? Um, Wayne. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. it really shows you like how unprepared Wayne is for any of this, yeah. and like the dynamic between the three of them of like you know. It's like, stand back, <laughs> Harry, I'm going to shoot him. He's like, no, no, I'm getting, you know, I got this one. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah all of that's really, really good. The The girl in the in the changing room is very reminiscent that's of Mall Rats also. I know, that's my favorite. I've got that later for a quote. Because uh, that was, I've, I, when we were watching it, that was a good scene. The whole mall scene, actually. I think the mall scene was yeah, fun. I think it's great. That was a good, Top to bottom. That was good. What was your worst? Um, I have a runner-up too on this one. Um, I think it's the sex in the fire truck. Oh, at the very end of the that movie. That to me at was like, ugh, what? So what? They're they're all getting medals and yeah. medals, and these two people are like, hey, this is a great time for us to go and bone. And it's like the whole movie. Uh, no, even more so, it was the lady's idea to go bone. Yeah, exactly. Just another because <laughs> you know we all know a female writer wrote that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. That that really bothered me, especially she's a scientist. She doesn't want that medal. Yeah, like right. you know what I mean. And the he, recognition and of like too. you know like women's contributions to science. Yeah, being, like, that, I'm sorry, I'm being funny. That kind of, like, that just put a bad taste in my mouth, um, especially at the end of the movie. Um, and, you know, and in the whole movie, and I will say, like, the sexual tension between them, I was like, ooh, you know, these two are very attractive people. I- I'd yeah. watch this, but it just didn't feel like in the movie it needed that at all. Totally. Um, and so that that kind of, that was the worst moment. And then runner-up is the intro of Harry's character with the extra credit student. Um, like, what are we gonna do here, Nadine? Yeah, that 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 was so bad. So I, she was in What Lies Beneath, um, which is another DreamWorks movie made at the same time, and I think it was just like a little bit of like, oh, let's make sure that we get all these people work. All right, I yeah, that that to me didn't need to be there. What was yours? Um, mine, my worst scene is the whole rectal rectal extraction. Okay. When I was younger, I loved that scene, and now I'm just like, oh, God, this is like hitting us over the head with a fart joke. PG-13, it was for boys like you. Right, it was. <laughs> and, like, you know, she's like, you're so brave, you're so brave. <laughs> and, and they're like, you know, you want some ice cream? And he's like, yes. And he's like, what flavor? He's like, it doesn't matter. It's for my ass. It's just <laughs> like, oh, God, can we please not? Can we please not do that? Um, yeah, the sex... The sex scene, unnecessary. Well, it's not even a sex scene. It's the allusion to, oh, they're gonna go get jiggy. Um, is is also I agree, like pretty shoehorned and yeah. unnecessary. Um, you can even just do the classic trope of the on-screen kiss at the end, which uh, I think exactly. they do. Exactly, they could have just gotten the medals. And right. then, boom, and big then, kiss and know, everyone like, applauses. Yeah, like, I just, I didn't, 
you know, it, somebody it's down fair. the line in that movie was like, whatever we do, if there's a fire truck, someone's getting laid in that fire <laughs> truck. And it's like, it just felt like they really, really tried to put that in the movie. Even when I was reading in the synopsis, remember, the synopsis on wi- Wikipedia is a very serious tone. Yeah. And then I read all the way, the very last sentence is, and then they go and have sex in the fire <laughs> truck. And I was like, what? This just took me out of this thriller into a, uh, you know, American Pie movie. So anyway, yeah. Well, it's not the end of the movie if the guy hasn't gotten laid. (laughs) Um, 2001. (laughs) All right. So the next category is performances. This category mainly focuses on the actors, but it also involves the director a little bit. Acting choices were made and performed. Ability is sometimes traded for other advantages, like, you know, hotness, (laughs) like, or comedy, or you just want a big star attached to this or whatever. Sometimes an actor can save an otherwise bad scene or movie in total. Um, do the uh, actors understand the role? Are they over or underplaying it? Is that what the scene needs? Uh, could someone else do it better? I have some fun answers for that. Uh, could the director have given better cues or pushed takes to be better? You know, focused more or less on emotion or backstory? I don't know. Choices. So, Ali, hit me. What are, you, what are, your, what are your performances? A three. <laughs> I know I'm so hard. I'm sorry, but I felt kind of like so. I have all of them. Um, I think Duchovny played himself pretty much. He kind of always plays himself, um, but I love him. So you know he does it well, and he's a good straight man, and he's you know he's cute. He's you know he's got some good you know lines and stuff. Um, but I don't think that he was like acting is what I'm saying. So I gave him a three. I feel like he wasn't overacting or underacting. If he would have overacted, it would have been, again, this would have been a different movie. And I kind of feel the same thing with Julianne Moore. She was really cute, but, you know, she didn't really have a lot of depth. Now that I know, like, the clumsiness thing, I, like, almost want to add an extra point to this category because, like, I feel like that was her being like, I got to do something, you know, here. Um, She's, you know, and she is fantastic, but I don't, again, I don't really think she's using her acting chops. Um, Just kind of reading lines. Um, You know, Aykroyd comes in, and he's overacting, right? He's overacting. What, the fuzzy no-nose chimp? (laughs) But we want him to do that. Um, And I kind of feel like, I'm sorry, but Orlando Jones brought the score down for me. I think, like, so let's talk about Orlando Great Jones. Great Google Mugga. He, oh, gosh, he, he kind of brings the whole thing down for me. You know, I get that he's got, like, he's, he's the comedic element. He's, like, the comic relief, right? And at the time, didn't he get famous, like... I think Sean uh, William Scott is probably more the, like, full-on comic relief. But he doesn't have that many parts in the movie. He's also playing himself, too. I feel like he's also kind of playing the same role he always plays. Um, but Orlando Jones, just like, um, what, he was the 7-Up guy, hmm. right? Yeah, he actually quotes his 7-Up commercial in this. Um, What's he say? He says, like, oh, look at, the, look at that can or something like that in it, which was, like... I know, w- I feel... Referencing his quote in the 7-Up film. I was going to say, I kind of feel bad for him, but, you know, was he in any other movies? Um, so, <laughs> Orlando Jones, I'm going just on the IMDb known okay. for, you know what I mean? Because they give yeah. you, like, the top four movies that everybody, uh, knows. Number one is Evolution. Oof. Uh, number yeah. two is The Time Machine, the 2002 Time Machine, which was kind of, like, bloated and not great. 
Um, then he was known for Drumline, which is weird because nobody should be known for that movie. Nobody even knows that movie. Do you know Drumline? Drumline is Nick Cannon. Right. It's Nick Cannon. What's the movie about? He's the, in Drum Corps. Right. They're marching band. Exactly. So the only reason you even know that is because you went to a music school yes. uh, <laughs> in the year 2002. I did. I was in marching band in, in 2002, <laughs> and we all saw this movie because it was like, and oh, my God. And Nick Cannon was huge. Yeah, he wasn't huge yet, I suppose. No? Um, no, this movie like came out to no appreciation. Drumline got like buried unless you yeah. are a, a like, music nerd. A music yeah. nerd. Okay. Um, and then the replacements, which is really what he's known for. Oh, he was in the replacements, and he's hilarious. Movie. Yes, yes. Uh, Gene Hackman is the is the. Uh, I liked that. Wait, I think that's also with. Um, is is it Keanu Reeves? Uh, it is Keanu yeah. Reeves. I was gonna say I I, yes. I remember liking that one. Doesn't fit the uh, this this podcast though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, except for the fact that there would never be an NFL strike so bad that the owners would bring in scabs. Yeah. That's that's science fiction right there. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, yeah, yeah poor Orlando, Jones, man, yeah. he kind of brought it down for me. I, I, I like wanted to, you know, you want to like him and stuff like that, just for the, you know, the nostalgia of like this guy started on commercials and everything. But yeah, maybe should have stayed with the commercials. He it wasn't very good. Um, and Sean William Scott, yeah, not very great, but like his big scene, which is him like singing to the bird in the in the mall. I don't know. I was in stitches. That's, I was I was still is such laughing a my ass off. Um, I think Agreed. he's funny, you know. Um, so anyway, what'd you give it? So that's that's all really 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 good. Yes, I totally agree with a lot of what you're saying. I gave this a four as well. I cannot wait to see the movie that gets a five or a six out of you on any categories. So we'll see how <laughs> this all goes. Maybe we'll ha ask you to pick. Movie number two, so um, you I can see some high scores. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so performances, I'm gonna kind of go down the list just from the IMDb and and read off my uh, my quick impressions. David Duchovny is not really stretching his muscles mm -hmm. here. If you hear him tell it, then I did. Um, uh, at that time, he talks about two main points about this movie: is like one, finding the way for the scientists to sound credible while still being funny. Hmm. Um, so he thinks of it in terms, or rather when he read the script, what made him want to do this was that it seemed, like I'm saying, yeah. um, a legit right. um, sci-fi thriller happening to funny people. Mm -hmm. And he thinks of Ira Kane as like a funny guy, but a serious scientist, mm -hmm. um, which I don't think everyone else on screen is doing that. I don't think Orlando is doing that. Right. Um, but he played it like that, and he saw it as actually a departure from his type. Wow. Yeah. He saw it as like, oh, you know, nobody thinks I'm funny. I want to show people that I can be funny. And it's like, dude, have you I ever watched yourself beat Fox Mulder? I was going to say, on X-Files, he is a lot of the uh, comic relief. bitingly, but yeah. it's, not, it's not comic relief. It's that he is making fun of everyone around him right. always because he's okay. the smartest guy in the room, which he's still the smartest guy in the room. And it's like, that's not against and, type. And also, like... Yeah, and the whole like kind of Playboy scientist thing. He also he does it in this movie, he's too and attractive. he also does that in X Files. Yeah, so he's too attractive. It's too hard. <laughs> um, so 
Uh, I think that David Duchovny is kind of near the top of the list for me. Uh, Julianne Moore is all the way at the very bottom of the list for me. I think it was a complete waste for her yeah. to be in this movie. I She's agree. way too good of an actor. She's like got real chops and can really do things. And it was a complete waste. It sucks. I agree. And the character was like really flat. It wasn't written well. Um, and like I said, the whole it's like I believe um, chemistry out the ass. Between uh, David Duchovny and Julianne Moore, but the script ruins it. Yeah, like the dialogue that they have together, and like all of these like tongue-in-cheek, uh, dick and fart jokes or like suggestive humor. It's just like, ugh, please, dude. The fire um, truck at the end, right? I don't know. It's, it's very it's reminiscent of of Bill Murray and um, Sigourney Weaver in mm. in the first. Um, but Sigourney Weaver is not trying to be funny in Ghostbusters. No, she's actually playing the like. Help Series. me! I don't know yeah. what the hell to do here. Right, uh, but that's that's across the board in, in Ghostbusters. I think Ghostbusters is actually a much more serious movie yeah. than people give it the credit for. I think a lot of uh, earlier comedies are much more serious than people give so them credit for. Orlando Jones, I agree. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know if anybody could have done a better job with that. The role was very flat. Like I said, a lot of these people just get pushed into being types yeah. because you're trying to get the comedy across, and types are comedy. You yeah. know. Uh, Sean William Scott doesn't have his feet underneath him yet. He's coming off of American Pie. He's a cutie pie. Everybody knows he can be funny, but he's like coming off of Stifler. Well, he doesn't even have any lines in the movie. Not right. a lot of lines to even like. Well, I think he's. Act. I think he's a bad actor. I think on screen he's a really bad actor. You can almost see yeah. him like mouthing stuff in between his lines. He's like, what? Yeah, you know, I just I don't know. I don't know. It's I I don't I don't think that he's a great actor yet. Um Ted Levine and I'm I'm only going over like this is my last one because I'm only going over uh, central cast. Ted Levine, I love to death is uh, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Um he is also um, oh, on Monk. Oh, he's the um, government. Uh, yeah, he's the he's the head general in in involved. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he is. In he was in Heat. He was in Silence of the Lambs. He was in Wild Wild West. He was in Shutter Island. He no, was on. Also. Um, I don't know. I like. I honestly, I think that he's doing the best job on on camera. You believe his character. He's got like. He's over-the-top-ish, but in that general sense that you want, I feel like he's actually bringing a lot of the gravitas and a lot of the um, the stakes to this movie about, like, he is, like, a formidable, like, how are we going to get past this fucking general? So um, you think that he's the best actor of the cast? I kind of think that he's doing the most okay. on, on screen. Um, everybody else is kind of just like, all right, yeah, 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 I get it, I get They're it. They're having fun. Yeah. Uh, Ted Levine like really sells it across. Hmm. Um, so then the very like well, I do want to talk about the other possible castings that were in, included in this, but I really want to talk about the cameos and small roles on this movie. Okay, okay. None of it is wasted. You have Ethan Soupley and Michael Bauer as the as the two dumb college kids. I I love Ethan Soupley. I like. I know you do too. Yeah. We root for him like crazy. Always. Mm -hmm. I will watch almost anything that Ethan Soupley is in. He's got, he's like this unsung character acting hero that can do anything. We've play seen anybody. him play so many. He has actually done so many right. um, different roles. So Ty Burrell, the dad from Modern Family, right. who's gone on to do a million other things. This is his um, 
cinematic debut. This mm-hmm. is his very first movie. Dan Aykroyd, um, in there, throw him in as the governor. Why not? Throw him in. He just like sparkles he on screen for the a few scene. minutes. Yeah. yeah, and you don't need anything more or less from him on that. Apparently, he even like um, there was like long days, and he would just entertain the cast and crew on set for hours on end. People couldn't stop laughing at him. He's right. Um, he, I mean, he's you know, yeah. No, 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 nothing needed to be said there. Kyle uh, Gass. I forgot Kyle Gass is also... Kyle Gass <laughs> is one of the police officers of <laughs> Tenacious like D. And then I'm re- reading the IMDb and it, it uh, I finally see all the way down at the bottom of this list is John Cho. John oh. Cho has a completely like non-speaking role. He's just the a student in the front row of Ira Kane's classroom. He is shot kind of in like a panning shot for a second where he looks like he's over it and then he's never seen again. Uh, But this is 2001. This is right after American Pie where he is like the guy who said MILF. MILF. Um, Wow, so they got like a lot of these people. But we haven't talked about Sarah Silverman. Oh, yes. Sarah Silverman (laughs) ends up being Ira Kane's ex-girlfriend in this diner scene that's like, I don't even really know what the point of that. They're scene in the is. diner. They're talking about. Um, oh, because Denise is now dating one of the cops who was at the um, meteor site. Okay. They hear over his radio that there has been some kind of animal attack right. at some house that's near this cave system, and that leads them to go to this lady's house, okay. which dis- which leads them to the whole cave system discovery that we were talking about of like. Harry getting it right finally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all what that scene is setting up. But Sarah Silverman, like sleeper hit, just comes out and is just funny as all hell. She's just the funniest thing in the Truly. world. Truly. Uh-huh. That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It has nothing to do at all with you anything. You want your shirt back? <laughs> you want your shirt back? Here. No, no, no. You obviously can't afford new shirts. Like, <laughs> I just... Oh God, she she really is so funny. She's I so just great. I laughed my ass off at that. One that of the great. funniest living women. Period. Yeah. So right here, I'll interject a couple of these just uh, just to like really really quickly uh, get them on there. Um, one, David Duchovny turned down a role in Star Wars to oh. be in this movie. Oh my God, what a what a bummer. I don't think so. I think it would have been more of a mistake for him to be in Episode Two or Episode Three. Uh, than to be in this movie that kind of allows him to poke fun at himself. Mm. Um, the movie didn't do well. I'm sure he made uh, he got paid enough for it. But um, yeah, Lucas kind of like uh, floated him the idea. Like Obi Wan instead of Ewan McGregor, you have him. Could you imagine? Probably not. Probably not that character because that already <laughs> comes in from Episode One. But um, it would have to be somebody on the Jedi Council or it something like that, be. right? Yeah, I guess I, get, I guess I get you on that. It, it would be hard to see him. Um, it's a, more useless a role to me. I don't know if he has that much depth, honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, you watch Californication. He's, he's got, like, yeah. depth um, in there. But I don't think Star Wars has depth to offer him, yeah. as it were. Uh, and also, you know, we know this, that, like, depending on how you... How things shake out in Star Wars movies, it ruins people's careers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, look at Mark, Holm, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher versus uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Or even look at, um, you know, uh, even if we're talking about the new ones, look at, um, what's your boy's name? Adam Driver. <laughs> Adam Driver. <laughs> uh, Adam Driver. I'll watch him do anything. Yeah, exactly. I love him. Adam Driver is kind of like coming out of that real, real love good. Him. Uh, I don't know if... Daisy? Um, 
yeah, I don't know if Daisy Ridley is kind of coming out of it great. I love which her sucks in that because too. She's yeah. better than him in Star Wars, but that's how it goes, right? Yeah, her character has more depth. Um, yeah. Um, but okay, so uh, real quick along those lines, Robbie Coltrane was considered uh, for the role of General Woodman. Robbie Coltrane is a British actor who plays Hagrid. Oh. It would have been interesting to see his uh, take on this, but it probably would have been um, more serious instead mm. of like funny mean. That's what Ted Levine, I think, brings to it is the mm-hmm. funny mean uh, thing to it. So John Cusack and Leonardo DiCaprio were both considered for the roles of Ira Kane. This is people putting way too much fucking money behind a comedy. Wait, like, Leo, <laughs> who was the other one? Leo and John Cusack. Oh, my God. Who gosh. were humongous well, stars in 2001. John Cusack, I can see that. I can see that more than Leo. Leo, no, yeah, it's way, way too serious. Uh, what? Um, Leo DiCaprio in comedies, like you Wolf can of Wall catch Street. Catch me, is, catch me if you can is kind of a comedy. Yeah, catch me if you can is a comedy. Um, um, knock knock. Else? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I like him with that. Oh, that's Tom Hanks. That's yeah, that's Tom Hanks. Um, um, Damn, dude. Honestly, good thing Leo turned it down. He yeah, right. This this might not have been great for him. Jennifer Aniston. Oh, I could see that for uh, Allison for the for the I sexy actually, scientist. Actually, that, that probably would have been better right? because um, she is really a great comedic actress. Um, and like, I don't know. That's interesting. Weird, right? Yeah. Um, Will Smith for, for Harry Block. Might have been better, honestly. I don't know. Like I feel like Orlando's trying to do Will Smith. Yeah, I can see that, but I feel like I would have rather it been Will Smith. It probably would have been um, better if it was John Cusack and Will Smith in this movie. It would have. Oh. It would have probably been really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. That's I don't know. So interesting. It is. That okay, is so interesting. you're ready for the real weird upset about this, which I also don't even understand because in 2001, I think he was already dealing with Parkinson's. Um, Michael J. Fox was was considered for the role of Wayne for Sean William no. Scott's character. Is like he's one way too old for that. No, um, yeah, he's way too old for that. That uh, wouldn't have done well. I um, think that was weird. That is weird. I I can't really see anyone else doing it other than uh, Sean William Scott. Nice. And the very I wanna, can I talk about Sean William Scott for a second? Sure. I like ah, ah, tookie tookie. <laughs> I like I feel bad for him I wish he had more of a career I mean he kind of did He He did the rundown Was it the rundown? He was in this movie um, The Goon Goon? Oh god I love Goon I loved that I love that movie Did we see that together? It's got such a great tone Yeah it was um, Dirty No Dirty Dirty uh, Our boy from from Hialeah Big up um, Dirty Uh Told us, yo, you should watch Goon, and it ended up having was, like a lot of heart. He was, it, it was a really good movie. It, it it didn't do very well. I don't think a lot of people saw it. Um, but it was like, oh shit, this guy actually can act. Right. And then after that, I don't think he really got any roles. And like, I don't know, man. I, I he's like in a lot of TV and a lot of like other like one offy stuff yeah. here and there. He got really really locked into. Stifler. Yeah. He was in American Pie. He was in Final oh, Destination. Um, he was in Road Trip. He was in Dude Where's models. My Car. Oh yeah, Role Model. He's he cute was in, in that. Old School. He's um in the rundown I said with uh with The Rock, which was actually pretty good. Um Yeah, he, I think he just like I don't know, maybe he just got typecasted or whatever and he wasn't ever really I offered agree. anything bigger. And I just always am like 
I don't know. There's something about him. I yeah, like he him. got stuck in, in Stifler land, I feel yeah. like. And Goon was him really coming out of it. And not enough people saw it. But Goon, I really recommend. Y'all yeah, should go watch good. it. Not sci-fi, but like a really good character study right. um, in, in like, you know, down-to-earth people. Yeah. Um, so, so that's it for my like performances. Okay. I gave I gave this a four overall we're because close. we're close. Yeah, I gave this a four overall because, like I said, there's like I feel like the central cast is just making paychecks. Here. Yeah, they're just reading um, lines. But I really love all of the other uh, <laughs> casting yeah. choices in this a whole lot, and I think everybody's doing like a good job fitting into their roles. I like that. I like best that. and worst. Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Yeah, is your best. that was my, that was the best. I um, with the runner up. Um, with the runner-up, actually, I'm going to wait because that's I'm, I saved that for a single moment. There was like a few, there was like three mo- moments in this movie that I was like, oh, these are my favorite scenes. Um, so I'll say runner-up is maybe Dan Aykroyd's um, cameo. Even though, I like, again, he's like overacting and he's acting crazy, but I want to see him do that. It was fun. Well, it's like that whole like state-level um, politician who thinks he's like hot shit and riot. goes around talking... <laughs> however the fuck he wants because he thinks that he can. I think I think that he I agree. I think that he's overacting, but it's because like all governor depictions yeah. are always like, all right, dude, you're the governor. <laughs> all right? Like what was yours? Um so my best and worst are uh I, I already well, referenced them. My best is Ted Levine. I like I said, I think okay. that I think that the general is actually right on right on target, right on the head. Which okay. is all, honestly how I feel about Ted Levine Always. Yeah. I love Buffalo Bill. I love, um, oh my God, I can't remember the character's name on Monk, on the TV show Monk. I just love him. I think he's always got it right, right, right dialed in. Um, my worst is Julianne Moore. It's just mm. like, what a waste of an actress. Um, what a waste of, uh, of, of all of that. She's Mine not was, doing anything. Mine was Harry's speech. <laughs> That's I, I just hated that moment. I was like, please stop talking. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. So, category number five, we've got production and set design. So, are all the pieces there? Set, lighting, furniture, props, vehicles. Does this movie need to look expensive or gritty? And did they fail? Some movies take place in one room with almost nothing for a character inter- to interact with. Others need a thousand uniforms, fifteen classes of spaceships. You know, did both of those movies suspend? Your disbelief. Did they keep that intact? And was it enough for you to go through the whole movie, you know, in their internal logic? So, Ali, what do you have? What, what terribly I'm, low score do you have <laughs> for production design? I know. And I'm, I'm kind of like, maybe I don't understand this one. Maybe I'm connecting this one with effects and sound too much because I did give it a two. Yeesh. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, com- I know. I kind of want to change it and give it a three. Because <laughs> I'm gonna like give it a three. I'm gonna give it a three. I'm, I'm bumping so my it's score up. Not a D. It's a C. It's a C. No. I'm giving it a C because look, I think that it's an easy set design. I think the hardest, the hardest um, scenes is probably the rainforest. Right, the first when they see the ecosystem, and I actually liked that. I thought that looked really, really good. And I think this is a little bit of effects and sound too. Um, but I feel like it, it, it's an easy set design. You know, they're in a classroom in the first half of the movie, right? Then they're they're on the site, second half. There's not like oh, there, there's a courtroom. They don't really need a lot of, um, you know, intricate sets. They all seem pretty pretty standard. A house, a country club, 
Do you know what I mean? I don't, I, and may, like I said, I, I don't know if I'm reading this category right, but I just said it's pretty easy. I don't think it needs a whole lot. Um, they probably did this in California. Is that where it was filmed? Probably in the desert no, in California? No, it was filmed on location in Arizona. Oh, it was actually December even that, yeah. in oh. Arizona. Um, they had to ask the entire community to not put up any Christmas oh. decorations, including the municipal, like, you know, town center with, like, all the, the, oh, the Christmas cool. lights on the on the street lamps and all this stuff. They had to pay the city to not put them up and then rush to put them up overnight in, like, the three days before Christmas. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I can definitely, yeah, so then that even makes more sense. They go to Arizona, say, hey, this little community, let's use all of your, uh, you know, your buildings and stuff. And then I wrote, like, you know, um, some of the tech terms, you know, mm -hmm. maybe have, like, not aged very well. And I feel like that's kind of part of production and set design, right? Because they need to have, like, those technical... That's, like, sci-fi. Yeah, in, like, a post-CSI world. Yeah. We've gotten so much better at that. I know. And I was a little, like... He said JPEG, and it was, like, a big word. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> now it's, like... What do you mean a JPEG? Like you're not Nobody saving even that on Photoshop? That's not yeah. a ping? Like what yeah. are you talking like, so that dude, PNG or TIFF, man? <laughs> yeah, use dude. a lossless uh, high resolution. Come yeah. on, bro. Use a lossless uh, file <laughs> format, please. <laughs> and, then, and then I put this I oh, you know, because I'm thinking like costumes and stuff, and I just said highlights. I just wrote <laughs> highlights. Everybody's got highlights. Everyone, Ethan Supley and his bro have highlights. Um, who else has I David Duchovny has highlights. No highlights. Sean William Scott has highlights. I just really Julianne Moore has highlights. Yeah, I just really hope even one of the like the gorilla characters has, has highlights. I, let's please <laughs> let's put an end to the highlights. So that really, <laughs> I love it. I love it. What'd so you say? I'm I'm disagreeing with you on like the first part of it. I actually think that this movie is so fucking expensive. They spent so much money on military vehicles and that like whole tent mm. that goes over the site with like the locking. Um, sealed uh, like entrance to the cave that the monkeys end up breaking through with the elevator and all this stuff. I think actually this movie was really expensive. Mm. Like they had a lot of like real big sci-fi sets. Yeah, the college was probably shot on location. The courtroom was probably shot on location. That is the good thing about having like a smaller town, I guess, in Arizona where they can like, you know, lean into just using what's available to them. But like all of the military stuff was pretty legit. That had to be expensive set dressing and, and, and like expensive production like i said it 80 did. million dollars for a comedy yeah that is a lot i mean i can um, see your point of that it did remind me of the thor like when they're breaking right. into Dude, that. And that had to be expensive yeah. as shit um and all of the like i said all of the costumes like for all of that stuff the the science costumes the the military costumes the firefighter costumes all of that shit is like a lot of stuff and scientific equipment, even if it's like, you know, um, the prop master just has a bunch of that stuff. One of the things that I thought was really funny is that, like, you know, they do a couple of science montages because you got to have your montages in, in the stupid movie. Um, is, you know, David Duchovny by himself takes back that first sample and he's in his lab and they're doing the montage of him doing all the sciencey stuff. <laughs> and he's got like a DNA scanning computer at this community college yeah. in the middle of. Fuck knows Arizona. Like a DNA scanner in 2001, they hadn't even like finished the genome project at that point. And this guy's got like community college money for a DNA sequencer. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but like I said, that is counteracted with the dome at the meteor site. That shit looks so legit. Um, 
and then uh, the the plants. I, I agree. Like the little ecosystem. That yeah. The practical effects in this movie, I Which, think, are really good. Exactly, and then that's um, in the next category. Yeah, we exactly. Talk about. Um, so my my big thing about this movie, and this is, I have this like written down as a question, is the lighting. Why the reason why I gave this a five and not a six actually is. Um, because of the lighting, the movie is lit like a comedy. It's very bright. It's very it's bright. 2000s, it's yeah. very colorful. Mm -hmm. And that's like very much lighting that's related to a comedy yes. movie. But it's also 2001. And um, in 2001, like uh, CGI is still very new. And if you look at the lighting effects on all of the creatures, the creatures are very bright. You need those like bright poppy greens and all this stuff to like make the creature look high def. So I. I'm wondering, and I don't have an answer for this. I couldn't find a clear answer for this online. But the lighting, I find it a little weird for the tone of the movie. It makes the movie like very, very, very bright. It looks like American Pie. Mm. It looks like 40-Year-Old Virgin. It looks like a comedy. Um, so is it because it was a comedy or if it was like a choice to make the effects look more real because i will tell you like by 2001 standards a lot of these creatures don't look terrible like a couple of them like look pretty bad especially as you get towards the end and the creatures get much bigger but like for the first half of the movie all of the smaller creatures the like puppety kind of things and everything that all looks really really dope like i said down to the the like habitat that they built for themselves in the in the lower part of the canyon. So I actually like Crazy. had said that I liked all the colors and stuff. That was in direction and cinematography. But now like you're kind of raising a good point is like why uh -oh. are they using those colorings and stuff? And I think it's like it's kind of the same thing of what we've been saying. It's like this story was actually more of like a sci-fi kind of thriller, right? Right. And in order to change the tone to make it a comedy, because, you know, comedies make money, right. um, everybody is kind of dumbing everything down. So the lighting, in a way, is like making this lighting brighter is like, oh, let's not make this movie too serious. Yeah, it's middle America. Yep. Whereas like Death to Smoochie, which is kind of in the same oh, timeline, so is like dark and gross Damn, and that, weird as shit. Damn, that wouldn't follow our... I don't know. Is Death to Smoochie sci-fi, folks? Get back to us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's such a great movie, too. It is. Um, all right. So, all right. So, technical element. So, this is the best and worst specific item of filmmaking, okay. right? Um, sets, props, costumes, lighting, creatures, casting, scenery, anything that's like a, a technical element of the film. What do you, what do you got there? Um, I wrote like the best... I don't know why I wrote this, actually, but I wrote Sexy Scientist. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that as the best thing <laughs> I did this last night. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I guess I liked it. Now I'm reading it, and I'm like, mm, I don't know if I like that very much. <laughs> um, now that I know that she added the clumsiness to it also, it does kind of like make me like the trope a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your best technical element? Did I not say... Um Oh, we, we only gave you technical elements. That's right. We were still through it. Yeah, okay. I don't know what I was smoking last night, but uh, <laughs> sexy so scientist. My best, uh, my best technical element is actually kind of what you said wasn't great. I think that the sets and props were really, really well done. I think that the sets, uh, yeah, set I design and costuming and props. I kind of want to because um, again we're like just getting into this podcast and we're thinking about That's things okay. and now I'm like damn actually that government you know enclosure yeah was did look pretty good legit all right, right. All right. so like that's it um, okay. my, my worst technical element like I said I think is the lighting 
Um, I still, I'm still questioning what, what that choice was. Mine too. It was the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so should we go on to the last one? Yeah. So this is our last category now. Okay. So now we're on to effects and sound. Um, so these are all the finishing touches. Practical effects, digital effects, Foley, score, soundtrack. Sat atop the production design are the finishing touches. All here as Photoshop layers or outboard plugins, whatever you wanna whatever you wanna call it. It's all taken case by case because of the year that it came out, you know, the shooting and budget choices, you know, more or less practical or special. Does the monster look and sound good? Do lasers make sound in space? Right, you know? Um, they do in or, Star Wars. Right? Yeah. Um, or like, you know, that's clearly a toaster painted white, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> like in the background, uh, et cetera. But then also like, you know, is the score good? Does the score match the scenes? Like is the is the sound of the movie making the movie better or worse? Okay. Of course, mine is very low again. But OK, but I want to say here that I actually love the practical effects. The um I think the first meteor scene is actually a really good scene. That's like probably the most money that they had to spend, right? That that first scene. I mean, as far as that practical explosion. goes, I would say that that's the most expensive, like practical yeah. and I scene because the rest good. of it's CGI. I agree. The, I thought that was really the good. The fire bits everywhere, yeah. the car flying up, um, all that was was. I shot was well. like, I was impressed by that. I go, oh shit, they actually had to blow that up. Um, so that I thought was really good. I thought the rainforest again, I loved the rainforest. I thought that looked awesome. Um, so it's like, but then there was other elements, other effects that just brought the score down. So unfortunately I gave it a two because, (laughs) (laughs) because one, I wrote pool tank creature. He's the golf course creature. It was just bad. The gator. Yeah, it was just bad. It was bad. Um, it just didn't age well. Um, the creature at the lady's house, I wrote, so cute. Um, <laughs> just the cutest little thing, but didn't look very great. But very cute when it opened its mouth and then the other thing came out. I just, I thought that was great, but it just didn't, it doesn't hold up, you know? I don't know. Um, the explosion at the very end after the enema, um, that just didn't look good. I wish, I, I don't know, it, it, that fell for me. The music and some of the overdubs that they had to do the music was pretty bad. They used it in some tense. I don't, and the the soundtrack aged pretty badly as well. Um, but then they didn't really use music that well in this movie. It was a kind of an afterthought. It didn't feel like it, it, they any put any thought into that. Um, and like I said, there were some bad audio overdubs. Like there were some moments where I was like, oh, you know, they couldn't have mixed that a little better. Um, the primate was so bad, but it was so good also. I thought he was great. I'm glad I, that they used a practical for him. I did like that they used a practical, but he was, you know, he was kind of cute. He wasn't scary. What, the fuzzy no-nose chimp? <laughs> he was kind of cute. So like I'm saying, it was So this like is actually one of the, uh, the, one of the other production um, choices that was made, is the final evolution... Uh, oh. That's the name of the movie. The final evolution of the creatures was supposed to be kind of like a humanoid thing that matches our anatomy, as you saw with the with the apes. But they decided it wasn't imposing enough of a threat. They wanted something that was bigger and scarier, so they came up with that like big ass creature that resembled more of like the uh, 
He looked like a worm creature that they had at the very beginning, but oh. just like a bigger version of it, which is like kind of like leaning into that whole Ghostbusters thing of like, oh no, we need a giant fucking thing to fight. You're talking about the amoeba at the end, like how yeah, it all just becomes one. Mi- that looked pretty bad. But, but I'm saying is that like it was also a production choice to go in that direction oh, okay. versus having like them fight like a humanoid like army. Oh, okay. Um, which would have been more, I guess, like of he, the evolutionary line. Yeah, to where we would are. Be. Uh, he looked like an, a yeti to me. I think that's why I was like, oh, he's kind of a cute little yeti. Um, he doesn't look okay. that scary. So, um, so what I have for us uh, uh, this is honestly, I feel like the mu- the music is. Um, the score, I should say, the scoring of the film, the way that the music score is written, is actually super dead on in this movie, but too dead on. I feel like whoever did the the the, the scoring for this, I'm sorry, I didn't look it up, um, phoned it way in. Yeah. All of it is like, military, yeah. here we come. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, the strings are here to show you it's <laughs> nice. You know, and it's like all of the scenes are like dead on. Like, all right, what's happening in the scene? All right, so we need gong, 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 gong. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, it's exactly what the scene needs, but it's like exactly what the scene needs. It's so phoned in. Like I said, the 2001 CGI is early, but decent through most of the movie. I agree that the end of the movie really runs away from them. Um... And, like, honestly, the end of the movie kind of runs away from them in general across the board. Um, It kind of gets the loosest there. So I have a four overall on this. Okay. That's a a tough category because of, like, CGI. Um, That's tough. Like, remember we were watching Harry Potter recently, and the CGI was so bad in those early ones. It was so bad. That actually made it to a list of, like, uh, I was reading online, like, a list of, like, the worst CGI um, in movies ever was that troll in the first Harry Potter movie. Um, I agree, but like I said, dude, it's the limitations. That's why I take into consideration. I know, and at the time, you had to think about, like, you're right. watching it at that time, and you know, like, oh, my God, this is incredible, you right. know what I mean? And now you see it 20 years later, and you're like, oof, you know? Um, I know, so that's... It that should is, always unfair, be like that. It's an unfair category, but I do think that practical effects, and this is why Star Wars is, like... Or Jurassic Park. Or Jurassic Park. Um, but we saw a, a little forward about this. You know, um, Jurassic Park never, like, it, it, it waits before giving you the full monster. It's you, it's relying more so on practical effects and mm-hmm. and uh, tension, right? right? Before seeing the creature. And so, um, you know, st- like the rainforest in this little ecosystem looked really, really good. And, yeah, it, it, I like the use of both. I, I agree completely. Yeah. Practical effects generally will give your movie legs. Yeah. The practical effects were made by KNB Effects Group, who is like a monster. They have done some of the coolest things. They uh, did, first of all, The Walking Dead. They did Sin City. Uh, if we go back all the way in the other direction, they did Spy Kids. This is the um, practical effects team that did all Quentin Tarantino. Uh, they did Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Bad Boys 2, The Cell, Men in Black, The Scream Trilogy. These people uh, are like the go-to people for practical effects. 
Mm-hmm. And then you have the digital effects team, Tippet Studio. And Tippet Studio, they did Starship Troopers, The Matrix Revolutions, wow. Hellboy, The Enchanted, uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which is much, much later. Yeah, Spiderwick Chronicles, Ted, uh, which means that they did Ted. Yeah. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Like these people are all over these really, really big properties and they were used on this comedy. So you think they should have put more money into like a better writer? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um the okay. best and worst uh special effect in the movie. Okay, so the mine movie. Mine was the the house guest. The house guest? The little cute oh, house guest and the ladies. Oh, God. I just, I loved that little creature. And then when it opened its mouth and the bird thing that came out of it. Uh, it's got an I, alien. Uh, I thought it looked good. I liked it. I, th- I thought it was really good. Again, old CGI, but just a, do the best a good can. little creature. It, you know, now thinking about it, it did kind of have a little bit of elements of uh, the little blob in uh, Ghostbusters, like. Oh, yeah, it's right? got a little uh, Slimer yeah, uh, vibe. Yeah, it kind of little, little chunky uh, green dude. Damn, fair enough. Yeah. It's like if they gave um, the alien, alien, uh, and Slimer, like, had a baby yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. I, I see that. I see that. What'd you say? Um, what was your worst? Uh, my worst was the creature in the tank at the pool. Oh, when The pool tank. When yeah. in the fil- in the in the filter yeah uh, that looks really bad tank. okay yeah in the in the that in the back room there yeah that's that's pretty rough and these are both CGI too right. like so you know here's one side of the CGI that maybe that maybe the creature at the house I was going to ask you actually is that a, was that a practical effect or was that purely CGI I, purely I couldn't CGI. tell okay because that actually did look yeah, pretty it didn't good look to bad. me right whereas the creature in the tank looked right. like bad but CGI. like I said the lighting in that scene is so bright. That it matches mm. the, the rendering of the creature. I feel like that's why it like supports the realism in there um, so well. So for me, the best effect was the crater landing site. When they come back down and the whole habitat is there, and you see like the smoke so and like the 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 plants rising out and all like the little life forms and shit like that. I think it's a really good mix of practical and CGI effects. Yeah, and it's like really convincing i think that it's like that they even do a good job of like holy shit it's been three days you know or like whatever it's been like it's been a week and like all of this stuff is there we just saw um prometheus right which kind of reminds me of when they go into the cave and see like right no yeah so I in agree. a way it's very well done also. yeah I, yeah, yeah that, w- that was a good scene i agree with you on that, that my cool um effect. my worst effect is probably the the big creature at the end yeah. Um, that was like really, really phoned in. Um, and it just like, fuck it. That's the best we have, I guess. I know. Um, Who knows? Maybe at the time they were like, oh, this is epic. This yeah. thing is like, you know what I mean? And put all their money into it. And then again, it's like. So I wanted to talk about sci-fi comedies. Sci-fi comedies are kind of like a weird list because a lot of them also cross into like just a lot of sci-fi has like comedic elements to it, but it doesn't yeah. mean it's a sci-fi comedy. So I looked up a few different choices here, and some of them I feel like are action. Some of them I feel like are not good choices or whatever. Some of them were Palm Springs. Oh, that's a time loop movie. That's a time loop movie, and I, I think it's very, very funny. Yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home. They're calling uh, an action... Uh, I'm sorry, a sci-fi comedy, which I don't necessarily disagree... Uh, I'm sorry, I don't necessarily agree with because it's mm. an action film. It's not a comedy. It's got comedic elements because Spider-Man is funny. Yeah. 
But it's not a comedy. I don't think that's a comedy. Do you think the first Men in Black movie is a comedy? Um, no. Right. It's, it's just, just Will funny. Smith. Yeah, he's just funny in it. Exactly. And he's great. Um, so that's what I mean about the list of like the watch. It sounds familiar. Um, Who's for, in it? For like um, uh, guys who all live in the same neighborhood, start a neighborhood watch. Oh, it. yeah. We saw it and there's like an alien and <laughs> right. stuff like that. Uh, that's um, all right. Yeah, I don't think we liked it very much. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a comedy, but it's just not. I've always Honestly, liked the movie. You're but making me think about um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so that's right on the cusp for me. It is an action. It is a it's sci-fi funny, action though. comedy, but it's like on purpose. Like comedy yeah. is written into the script. Like the difference between like Thor: The Dark World versus Thor: Ragnarok. Yeah. Is like comedy is like written to the script. Yeah. N- top of the list for me is Galaxy Quest. Oh, it's very funny. That's one of the best. Like on purpose. Comedy. We should do that one too. Yeah, that's a good definitely. One. That should definitely yeah. get on the list. Paul, the that alien was, film. Yeah, that with was a, funny. Yeah, uh, I love I love those two guys. Hot a Fuzz lot. would be or no? Hot Fuzz isn't really sci-fi. It's more of like a crime thriller, but it's actually kind of the same treatment that this movie got. I feel like it's a very serious subject about like a private cabal that that uh, you I know. I feel like that has mysticism though. But it's just because they're like culty. Okay. There's no like, there's none of the action is like um, produced because of the cultism. It's just like these people are like, you know, Don Hoods and think that they're Mm -hmm. the greater good. Um, (laughs) uh, Land of the Lost, the movie remake of Land of the Lost is definitely like on purpose trying to be funny. Do you remember with Will, uh, oh my God, what's his name? I'm going to pull up my IMDb. (laughs) How, how am I seriously not remembering? Is it Will Ferrell is in, in Danny McBride. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think I liked this one um, very much. Another one, Sorry to Bother You. Is that a comedy? No. Sorry to Bother You is not a comedy. It is definitely sci-fi. It is. Um, but it's not a comedy. No, I thought that was like it's kind of serious. I, yeah, shitty, I was going right? to say like that... It's kind of a cautionary I liked tale. That I don't a know. Lot, actually. Anyway, so that's kind of like the whole thing. I wanted to bring up the debate wow. a little bit about sci-fi comedies and talk about how everybody's doing those things. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and all of these things together, and like the recipes around it, and the fact that it didn't make that much money, and the fact that DreamWorks kind of upfront knew that it wasn't. I was like, I think this movie was a failure. Yeah. I love it, but I think it was a failure. It's like the thing about this movie is that. It's a it's a pretty pretty decent concept, and like maybe if the acting was a little bit a, a little bit different, at least script you know they had a better writer for the script, but then like what we were talking about the technical elements, it did keep me engaged. The, I didn't feel like there was a lot more editing that they could have done. There was the only scene I feel like they sh- they could have edited is like Harry's speech. Just get rid of that <laughs> shit because he botched it. But other than that, like it, it it told a story and it went through and I was engaged all the way. And this is like kind of why we even talked about this podcast is because sometimes you have a bad movie that has like good elements. Like this is a bad movie that we like to watch. Yeah, right. I or you, that, li- you know, right. that we no, no, I haven't seen it. In <laughs> you years like to watch. Point, but it was like I, I, but I, even I liked it. It was it was fun. You know, it was a well-made bad script. Yeah, I feel like. Um, and that's yeah. what you get. Okay, so my score was a 28. Allie's score was a 16 because she's ruthless. <laughs> and that's okay because it keeps me honest. Maybe I am a little too nice. So we average these together and we get a total score of 22. 
So 22 out of 36. I don't know where that leads, leaves us yet. I haven't, we haven't done enough of these to feel like if that's a good score or a bad score. But we're going to find out. And as we do more of these things, all of that will come into focus more and we'll like, start to establish like, what we think are good and bad. So there you go, folks. I think that is all for evolution. Thank you so very, very much for joining us. Please join us for more of these. And, you know, check out all of our stuff on all the socials. We are at SSA Movie Podcast or email us SSA Movie Podcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear more of what you think. Thanks. Bye bye.